And welcome back to the Holy Hardwood Podcast with Pat and Tony, the Thanksgiving week edition. So, Tony, um, like I mentioned, this episode is uh, coming off uh, a week of games surrounding the the Thanksgiving week, which we're going to go ahead and dive into. Um, But first, um, how was your Thanksgiving? It was very good, Pat. Uh, Always good to get back on here and chat with you. Uh, no complaints here. Had a lot of food. Was was put into a couple food comas as well, but uh, definitely enjoyed all the turkey stuffing and uh, you know pie that came with with the whole meal. How about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I'd agree with a lot of that. Um, you know, I, I've I've garnered a reputation throughout the years to um, you know really put on a real clinic on Thanksgiving Day in terms of um, the amount of food that that I engorge myself with. So, um, you know, this year was, was just like every other year in in terms of, like you said, putting myself in numerous, uh, food comas, um, and essentially eating my, my own body weight and, and a number of different types of food. So, um, met my own expectation and, and was a great Thanksgiving, um, like the ones in the past. So no doubt about it, Pat. I mean, but the real question is, did you eat yourself out of the league? I mean, there's a lot of ways to look at it, right? Uh, I wouldn't say I ate myself out of the league, but I, I probably did dangerously um, come close to, you know, mimicking one of our one of our guys here in Zion, right? There's been a lot of uh, a lot of stories and, and things written in the past about Zion's, you know, desire to enjoy a nice large pizza or a couple slices of pie from. From night to night, so I would say I, I did not eat myself out of the league, but I certainly was on a uh, a Z um, tendency there. Love it, Pat. Love it. Um, just like Thanksgiving, it was it was a great holiday uh, time, well spent with the family, and what was just a good, enjoyable time. Just kind of like you know the Pelicans that la- this last week stretch uh, two games against the Kings, where they come out on top big in-season tournament game against the Clippers uh, that they took them down, went West Coast and beat them at home, as well as, you know, uh, a defeat Saturday night against the Jazz team off of a back-to-back. But all things considered, really, really good um, stretch of games here for the Pelicans, and they ended the homestand the right way and got on the winning track on the road, especially in that big in-season tournament game. Yeah, for sure, and... Uh, you know, in memory of, of the time of the year that we're in and, and the holiday that we just passed, I figured we could go ahead and start this show with uh, maybe each of us going ahead and listing uh, an item or two that we're, we're thankful for uh, relating to the Pelicans um, when looking at this team. Um, segwaying off of that, I can go ahead and go first. I think number one most thankful thing I'd be for is um, not the injury to CJ, but the opportunity that the injury to CJ um, provided the rest of this team um, to ultimately grow and have some guys have to step into some positions that maybe they were uncomfortable with doing so uh, prior to his injury. I think during the last couple of weeks as CJ's been sidelined, we've we've seen a lot of chemistry and, and growth from um, you know our, our big two and, and BI and Zion. I think this opportunity has put a lot of pressure on them. Um, you know, and as many say, you know, pressure either is going to burst pipes or make diamonds. And I think when looking in a totality, especially over the last week to ten days. Um, that you've highlighted, I think this this group um, and this duo, um, you know, really stepped up and really showed a a lot of 
a lot of professionalism and, and a lot of a growth and a lot of you know adversity to to weather some of those difficult games and a difficult schedule and, and ultimately showed that um, you know this is a, a duo that this team can build around if healthy and and more importantly a, a group of guys that you know if they continue to trend in the right direction can ultimately um, compete for for a championship here down the road and, and can keep working towards that. Yeah, definitely uh, thankful for Brandon and Zion. Like you said, besides a few, you know, minor rest days here for Zion, there hasn't been any injuries on that front. And Brandon, besides that first two or three games after the season started where he was out three games, it's been been pretty clean from that perspective. But uh, I want to give a shout out and, you know, a thankful um, towards uh, Jordan Hawkins. Just been a real revelation to this team as a rookie coming in, hitting a bunch of shots. Um, you saw the other night where we were down a, a member, you know, comes off the bench, but then is inserted into the starting lineup and go and gives you 25. So I think that's really shed a good light. Um, no matter what position he's in, what role he's in, he can come off the bench and do those things, or he can be thrust into the starting lineup and, you know, maybe give you that extra punch as a number two or number three guy scoring wise. So I'm definitely thankful for him. Yeah, that's spot on. Um, for my third and, and my final um, Pelicans-related item that I'm thankful for this time of the year would be um, my favorite, Mr. Beautiful, the mass man, Cody Zeller. Um, Cody's really stepped up in the last week or two. Um, he's gotten an opportunity to play extended minutes, um, working through some of those injuries with Larry. And, and not only has he held down the fort, but I think he's offered us a uh, a lot of positives in terms of that second group and um, another wrinkle that um, we weren't really getting out of, out of JV, right. And it's allowed to uh, JV to kind of get back to playing the way that he usually likes to. And, and knowing that we have kind of Cody there to back him up and offer us a little bit more mobility and some toughness and, you know, the ability to rebound and chase long rebounds and just, just really play gritty. And, um, you know, it's just been a big addition to the, to the rotation here in the last couple of weeks. So, um, eager and, and hopeful that he continues to get those minutes and can continue to uh, deliver some promising and positive um, performances. But um, with that one, thank you, Cody Zeller. Yeah, Pat. And just to segue off of that about Cody, we, we've kind of touched on this a, a few times. It's, it's always good to have another adult in the room, regardless if Cody's playing or if he is playing you know he's going to be ready. He's going to be giving his effort, his energy, his knowledge to the group of guys. Um, just an ultimate team player, great um, you know, building block for the organization on all those uh, things of being an adult, showing these guys how to work. Because uh, you, know, you could see stretches like in the beginning of the year, wasn't getting too many minutes, but behind the scenes he was still getting his work in and it's paid dividends when he's gotten that call in this last week stretch. And it's been really good to see that and the energy. And, you know, he's basically going to do what you tell him. If you tell him, just go out there and just rebound the ball and, you know, run the floor and, you know, set screens. That's what he's going to do to the best of his abilities. So it's been really good. Yeah. Cody's been a, a true professional. Um, during the last two weeks, he's really brought a lot of the things to the floor on and off the floor, actually, that, that I expected when I, um, had heard about them signing him, you know, Cody's a unique guy, um, coming from a background, you know, coming from a, 
big basketball state in high school coming um, from the state of Indiana. You know, he's a super highly touted recruit, uh, one of the top players in his class, um, you know, went ahead and, and played at Indiana and was ultimately, a, I believe, was a top 10 pick, if not higher. Um, so, you know, he certainly has had the those same situations and experiences that a lot of our um, highly touted guys like B.I. and Zion have had, right? Um, he's played with a lot of pressure on his shoulders as a young guy, um, has had to work through some adversity and you know, he's probably, I think he'd be the first one to say his, his career up until this point probably hasn't gone exactly how he envisioned it, but he's learned how to, you know, take that as it is and, um, you know, show up to work every day and be a true professional and, um, you know, ultimately work within a group of guys and, and ultimately build towards um, being a successful and key contributor to a, to a winning team, right? You know, he's bringing a lot of experiences coming over from Miami last year, um, regardless of however you felt. Um, you know, his role was and how much of an impact he had. Um, that certainly is a growing experience. It's a, it's an organization that a lot of teams, um, you know, tend to try to emulate and, and bring a lot of characteristics over from a, a winning group like that. So he's, he's really exemplified everything that you expected when signing a guy like Cody Zeller and he's really fit into that role nicely. So, um, nothing but positive things to say about him. No doubt about it, Pat. And, uh, you always love those guys that can kind of be not not glue guys, but just true professionals. And every team kind of needs a guy just in the lulls of a season who you can throw out there. And you know, no matter what the situation is, he's going to bring it. So it's been really good uh, from that uh, forefront. But I just wanted to ask you, what did, what have you seen from the team, especially these last three games or four games when they played? the Sacramento, you know, L.A., and then uh, most recently the Utah Jazz? I think you saw a team that is realizing what they can do, you know, during a night-in, night-out basis. They certainly have a lot of a lot of really good pieces and individual players that, that offer a lot of different skill sets. Um, but, you know, the biggest thing was just them – not only buying in, but them being professional enough to realize that they need to, they need to come in and do it every single night, right? There's a lot of talented guys across the league um, that on any given night, any team can beat anybody. But, you know, those teams that succeed and, and win, you know, 45, 50 games a year are teams that can stay the most locked in, can pay attention to scouting reports, can um, prepare for these games, and, and ultimately can kind of step out there and um, – you know, work together and, and play the right way for a large majority of those minutes through this game. I think you saw a team that I think it's safe to say has probably one of the higher ceilings in the league if everything pans out correctly, right? That's always a big if for everybody. But just in terms of, you know, youth of the roster, um, a mix of experience, they have a lot, they have two very high level players from an offensive perspective that, that can bring a lot of different things um, and can be very dynamic. Um, they also have a lot of really nice role players that fit very specific roles that you need to win in today's NBA. So, you know, when you see those games against a Dallas or a Sacramento, right, you you see the, um, you know, the ceiling of the team, right? This is a team that can be very explosive and, and can put teams away early if, if they're playing the right way and can click on all cylinders. Um, but you also see a team that Although, despite being very talented, you know, albeit they were missing a guy like Zion on that back-to-back, um, you know, if they don't come in there and aren't super locked in from 
um, from the first minute to the 48th minute, you know, you it's a group that can can have another team sneak up on it and, and let a game or two slip away. So I think, although it's painful to lose a game like that, that was truly, you know, yours for the taking, I think it it is a nice, um, you know, refresher and wake-up call on the back end of that winning streak just to say, like, hey, I know we're headed in the right direction as a team. Um, we're doing a lot of growing, you know, a lot of positives have occurred over the last week or so, but, you know, let this be a refresher that if we don't show up and do those little things and we don't do, um, you know, the small things as a group and follow the scouting report and um, play in a very high detailed manner, you know, we're just as um, susceptible to being beat on a given night as anybody else. But um, yeah, that, that's really what I saw, you know, over the last couple games. I, I think the other big thing is, you know, I've been preaching it to you for a couple years now that I think the, um, you know, where the rubber meets the road in this league and, and when looking at star players is, you know, you you really got to just give those star guys the keys, right? And you got to give them a situation where they're able to be themselves and, and work together as a group, hopelessly, and have a lot of high chemistry, which it seems like is growing between B.I. and Zion on a nightly basis. But um, ultimately, you're only going to be as good as your, your star players are going to be, right? Um, you give those guys the keys 82 nights a year, um, you know, the, the better duos and the better teams, their key players are going to win them 45, 50 games a year. And that's, that's what separates, you know, the good teams and, and the contenders from the, the teams that are in the late lottery. And I think that's what you're seeing is this team is really, really, um, being built around those two guys. And those two guys are being given the opportunity to work as a duo, and really drive this thing as far as they possibly can. Um, you know, that's why I think early on in the year when we were having a lot of tough conversations, we we kept kind of looking ahead and saying, you know, you have to give this time. You have to give this um, the ability to kind of shake itself out and um, materialize down the road. I think now looking that you're, you know, about 20 games through the year, uh, I think this duo has shown that when they're on the floor together, um, the way that they have been lately. I think this is a duo that can win you, you know, probably close to 50 games, um, you know, if not 45 games, depending on injury and, and how other things shake out. But I think this is a group that can work together. I think these two are very dynamic um, and offer a, a lot of different things from a night-to-night basis um, that you can actually see from quarter to quarter, right? This team's able to dip, play different styles and they've learned to kind of play off of each other and and not take a back seat, right? But but they they're able to pick their spots and know when each one of their games is a little more, um, you know, influential during that part of the game. So um, I think this has been a really positive, you know, ten days to two weeks, and I think this is something that should have the fan base and and not only them but the organization, um, you know, hopeful in in the direction that they're heading in here when looking towards the new year. Yeah, that's some great insight, Pat, on everything you were saying on kind of what's been going on the last week, week and a half or so, and kind of those two guys getting more comfortable with each other. But I just want to give, you know, a quick shout out to B.I. I mean, I, I think he's been after since coming back from injury, he, he's been pooping. Um, I just really love when he's attacking the rim and when he he brings it every single night. I truly believe, I don't think there are many at his position who can do what he does. So we all know what he can do offensively, but I think what's really separated him this year compared to previous years 
is you are seeing a more locked-in B.I. on that defensive end. I mean, you saw the other night that he was basically picked to be Garden Kawhi, and I don't think Kawhi necessarily had one of his better games. I mean, you can look at stats or you can just do an eye test, but I think B.I.'s been really, really locked in on that end. And, you know, for the early part of this season, I mean, that that's a really, really good sign, especially with, you know, Herb and Dyson helping mainly all those other guys on the defensive end. But I, I've seen them more active, and so that's definitely a good sign for this Pelicans team. Yeah, no doubt. And, and I agree with that sentiment. I think this is probably the best version of B.I. in terms of um, defensively we've seen in his career, um, especially over this last five or six game stretch. He is really, really locked in, and not only just from a physical um, standpoint in terms of being a being a good defender, right, in terms of being long, staying in front of guys, being in the right spot, you can just, you can see that he's, he's more engaged defensively. You know, it seems like maybe something is clicking um, defensively in terms of, you know, understanding where he's supposed to be, what his roles are, and what, what those other guys are looking for him to, to do from a defensive perspective. And, you know, I think there is a, a high likelihood that a lot of that stems from, you know, we've heard a lot of, you know, word coming out of the organization and the fan base that Herb's taken a, a step forward in terms of being a vocal leader and really taking that upon himself to really lead that defense and, you know, be the captain of that thing. So I would imagine there's some perspective there that, you know, maybe B.I. And, and Herb are working behind the scenes and really figuring out, you know, what can what can B.I. do to, to be a productive defender and, and help Herb, who obviously is going to have the toughest assignment every single night. Um, and it seems like Brandon has taken on that um, that challenge. The other thing is that playing next to a guy like Dyson and Herb, who are going to be very high-level defenders, and you're going to be out there being compared to those guys, you know, all the time as, as they're out there guarding two of the better guys on the floor at all times, you know, it, it's going to shed some light on anybody who isn't putting out maximum effort and isn't, you know, dialed in defensively. So I think by surrounding him with some better defenders, it's, it's put him in a position where he really doesn't have a choice, right? Which you would love to assume that he would choose to be highly engaged and, and give maximum effort on that end of the floor. But, um, you know, obviously he has a very heavy offensive workload and, you know, you'll see guys sometimes take, take possessions off on that end to save energy for the offensive end. But you haven't seen that as of late, you know, he has seemed very, very, very committed. Um, he doesn't want to be the, the odd guy standing out uh, when he's got those other two guys working so hard defensively. And, and you've actually seen him um, in which it's been good. They, they've actually kind of tweaked the rotation slightly where you'll see him coming off the floor, maybe a tad bit early, um, but you're seeing him come off and, and he's huffing and puffing, right? He is expending maximum energy for those minutes that he's out there and they're getting him off the floor and, and getting him a quick blow and getting him back out there as, as quickly as they can. So I think maybe they've taken a little bit of pressure off him. Also having a guy like Zion, right, that can handle, you know, the offensive burden, you know, half the time as well. I think that's allowed him to um, segment some of his energy over to that defensive side of the ball. So. Um, like you said, he is he has really been good over the last um, you know six to eight games, coming off that injury and really rounding into form, and um, is even kind of surpassing some of those typical scoring and shooting splits that that we typically come to expect from him. But also adding in a great defensive versatility with a guy of his size and length. So um, the the stock for for Bi is certainly rising at this point. And I just love just the challenge that he's wanting to go do that. Cause I think in years past, 
he maybe not have wanted that challenge just because he was a subpar defender. Um, but you see teams that have multiple stars like the Clippers did. We wanted to have Dyson or Herb on Paul George or James Harden. And then it, from there, I don't know if B.I. said, hey, let me take Kawhi and just wanted that challenge just because he wants to be up against the greats. You know, you could go down the list of like the Durants and everything like that. And as you move on through the season, maybe he does take more challenges, challenges like that on a nightly basis where then he can say, Herb, you guard this guy. I, I, I can take this challenge from here because I've got this new found, you know, uptick on this defensive end where I want to be compared to the greats. So why not guard the greats and see what I can do against them and then vice versa, go to them or go through them offensively. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and I think you're, you're certainly seeing some of that. I think he is taking some of the challenge. And not to say that he hasn't wanted the challenge in the past, but, um, you know, when you're a younger guy, kind of finding your way offensively, which, you know, that's, you know, you hate to say it, but that's what gets guys notoriety. That's what gets guys paid. That's what gets, um, you know, guys' names in, in the headlines. You know, he's had to grow his... Um, game offensively and especially kind of playing under man the last two years with with injuries in and out of the lineup and, and himself dealing with some injuries I think there just there was also some some just limitations there that um, I think he would have loved to have the ability to be a, a two-way guy but I think he's at the point of his career where he's really entering his prime he's very comfortable with who he is offensively it it seems like you know you've heard it on the the commentary it seems like offensively he's playing at another level um, despite I mean, he might not have a, a statistical change in his numbers this season from last year, but you can see a maturity and a growth and a um, a change in his game and a maturation of his game, really, offensively, that, you know, he's he's really getting to his spots and getting to any shot he wants on the floor, and um, he's really sleepwalking to that 25 a night, 5-5. Um, five and five. I think I saw a list that he's one of, you know, 10 players this year um, with the most consecutive 20-point games in the league so far, and, you know, it's just... It seems pretty effortless offensively, so I think he's in a place where he's super, super confident with what he's doing on that end of the floor, and now it's time for him to really take that next step as a as a guy in this league, and, and the one thing that can really catapult him to being one of those um, top 15, top 10 players is, is him, you know, adding that two-way capability, right? He's, he's often been compared to guys like um, Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown or Pascal Siakam or, you know, guys in that kind of that 6'7 to 6'9 mold. Um, that are capable of getting you 25 points a game, which I would say Brandon, you know, maybe outside of Tatum is just as gifted or more gifted than those other guys from an offensive perspective. Um, the one thing that's kind of held him back is that ability to be a two-way guy. So um, if he really is able to add that to his game and, and can be um, not only an average defender, but a reliable defender, like you said, seeking out some of these matchups and taking that responsibility upon himself, I think that's where you see B.I. really um, catapult himself in in terms of where he's held upon the upper echelon of these players league wide and um, you know I think at this point you know obviously all dependent on um, health and, and team success I think he's making a very strong case for himself in the west to, to potentially get another all-star nod if he can continue this this uh, you know success that he's finding at this point in the year yeah it's it's all great signs from from that perspective um you know, not enough great things to say uh, what B.I.'s meant for this organization or this team the past couple of years and this year going forward. 
Um, but just kind of segueing to Zion, you can kind of see he's shaking off the rust a little bit now that he's gotten a handful of games under his belt and, uh, you know, may, maybe feeling a little more comfortable after that team meeting that they had. And seems like the offense is humming a little bit better and everybody's kind of holding each other accountable. So really good to see Zion with, you know, a little extra pep in the step. And uh, it was, it was, you know, funny seeing him fight for that last rebound against the Clippers and then kind of staring at Harden kind of basically saying, are, are, are you serious? You, you thought that was, you were going to take that from me. So, you know, I'd like to see a little bit of emotion from him instead of, you know, laughing things off here or there and taking it a little personal. Yeah, Zion's been really good too. Um, you know, obviously looking ahead, we're hopeful maybe we can we can get rid of the restrictions in terms of back-to-backs. But, you know, at this point of the year, I, I understand it for sure. You know, this team's got to be looking big picture. Um, but in terms of his performance on the floor, he has been a lot better these last six or seven games. Like you said, we've seen an uptick um, in efficiency. Um, it seems to be he's getting a little bit more of that explosiveness and that touch around the rim is back. Um, and not only that, really the the way that you can judge Zion's engagement and the way he's feeling physically is also kind of what you were referring to with Brandon. You know, he looks to be um, a step quicker defensively. He's, he's getting in some of the passing lanes. You know, he's being engaged and playing with a high basketball IQ on the defensive end of the floor, which is then he's able to reward himself and get out on the break and get some easy buckets and catch some lobs and do all those things. So, um, you know, in terms of those two guys from an offensive perspective, I think, you know, even now, based on, you know, the, the early production and, and the struggles they were having, I think even when you look at them now, their numbers are a bit skewed. I think both these guys are are right around that 25 a night range. I think this is two guys you can pencil in for about 50 a night, uh, which would get them, you know, within, you know, the top five in, in terms of scoring duos. Um, I'd have to look at it, but I would imagine probably the highest duos around 53, 54 a night. Um but you know they have the capability of doing that, and each one of those have each one of those guys possess a game that, um, you know they can they can even take that to another level on a night in night out basis. So um, I think really what you're looking for them is to continue growing that relationship between the two of them, learn how they can best maximize their games um, while playing off the other one, and and also make make life easier for that other guy. Right? There's going to be certain nights that some matchups just fit you know, one guy's game a little bit better and that's okay. Right. That's not a demotion or anything like that, that, that will come full circle and each guy will have their opportunity to do so. But if they're doing it in the right way and they're working together and they have the maturity um, to have those conversations and realize, Hey, this is a Zion night. Hey, BI, I know this team doesn't have a great matchup for you and you can get to wherever you want to go. Let me play off you. Let me help you get open shots. Let me do all these things. Right. That's what, that's what takes this team from um, being a, you know, a very good team and a title contending team to a team that you can actually say, hey, this team's going to be making some noise in, in late May and early June and, and has all the pieces that are needed. So as long as they continue that growth and don't get, um, you know, stagnant and rest on their laurels and say, hey, well, look, we've got to figure it out. No, this is going to be something that they're going to have to work on throughout the entire year because as these games get tougher and tougher, this team's going to need to rely on those two guys more and more to really lead the way and to kind of drive that path and clear that path for those other role players. Um, so in terms of Brandon and Zion, I think this is about as, as positive as a place they could currently be in. Yeah, just just going off the last four games with both of them in action, you know, Brandon's averaging 28 and a half, five rebounds, four assists. 
you know, 53% from the field, 45 from three, and, you know, mid-80s from the line. And Zion's averaging 27, four and a half boards, five and a half assists on a 60% field goal percentage. So yeah. you just see kind of the uptick from, like, the first five to ten games that those guys were putting up number-wise compared to these last four or five. And you've kind of seen, I think, that switch be turned where you're saying, let's give these guys the keys, let's have them work off of each other, and then they're truly being intentional with their matchups of saying, oh, this guy has the matchup tonight, we're going through that, then we'll figure everything else out, you know, on the outside. Yeah, and and that's even happening on a possession-to-possession basis, right? Not just a night-to-night basis. I mean, you look at a team like the Clippers, um, you know, that's going to be one of the harder matchups for this team regardless, just because they do have two high-profile wings um, with good size and, and are very capable defenders, and they've got a lot of other pieces that can be um, nuisances and, and, you know, really bug those those two main guys. And they, they were taking turns um, possession by possession, right? You know, B.I. was picking his spots whenever he was getting favorable matchups in the pick-and-roll. They were finding Zion on switches. You know, that's, that's fine. I mean, if you just take what the defense is giving you and you just take the right shot and you get that guy – the ball that that has a good look, right? Things are going to work out the way that you want. You know, the the numbers are going to shake themselves out and and both those guys are going to be, you know, coming out with very similar amount of shot attempts and and things are going to be very similar. You know, I I like I said, I think both those guys are going to finish around 25 a night. Um and then I would expect both of them to have an uptick in assists too as they're getting more firepower with Trey and and CJ, right? So, um you know, one way or another, we knew it. They had to just lean into this group, and it was either going to work, and you were going to see, hey, these guys are both, um, you know, all-star caliber for sure, but, you know, probably both of them make a case for making an all-NBA team if they both continue the trajectory that they're on and this team reaches um, the expectations that they have internally. Um, and it's, it's either going to work or it's not, right? And if it works, then you understand this is the this is the – guys to build around we know what to do and you can just keep refining and tweaking this group around them just to make it as um you know as deadly as possible or it was going to fall the other way and you were going to have a clear-cut answer and say oh no it doesn't work but I think um it's pretty clear at this point that as long as those two guys are bought into the messaging that's coming down from them from either the organization or the coaching staff as well as bought into one another um Perspectively, their games certainly match well together. They can certainly make it work on the floor, um, and, and they're a really, really tough duo t- to guard on a night-in, night-out basis. No, no, no doubt about those those comments there. And I just love seeing, you know, in a big game. Yes, it's it's a game against the Clippers. It's regular season, but with this new in-season tournament, these games do matter, and especially for a group like this where. They've made the comments of saying, well, we haven't won anything, so why not go for this? Why not go for this in-season tournament and take these games as playoff games? And for your two main guys to come out with a 30-piece Chicken McNugget in this big game, that that was huge for this team. And hopefully, you know, we can get some help tomorrow and the Mavericks can beat Houston and we can go into this in-season tournament just to have some more high-profile games and matching up against these other stars. Yeah, I mean, there's, to this point, I mean, there's really not a, a team or a matchup that you don't feel confident when you have those two guys playing the way that they're playing and the way that they're working together. I mean, sure, there's there's some really great players out there, but 
I like my chances with those two guys and their skill set against anybody else in the, in the league, really, when they're playing it this way. I mean, if there's anything that I do fear, it's, it's those matchups against lesser teams, right? And that just comes down to the team not being locked in and not being as motivated and not being um, as ready to go from the jump, which can come, come back to bite you, right, as, as we've seen. But um, there is no team in the league or matchup you know, star to star, duo to duo that I don't think they have a good chance of winning if they're playing the right way. Cause just, just the way that both those guys play, right. They're just both super, super, super efficient guys that are going to get really good looks, no matter how you like to see the game played, right. There's different ways that some people feel the game should be played, but there is no disputing that both those guys are very, very efficient and they do a really good job of generating clean looks and efficient looks. And, um, you know, both those guys are just expanding their game, especially when looking at a guy like Brandon. You know, we've seen that uptick in three-point shots, both from a volume perspective and making shots. Um, and, you know, you see Zion starting to stretch that game out a little bit further, um, you know, small increments at a time, but, you know, he is doing so. So this team and these guys more specifically should get, in theory, especially with some additional guys coming back, should be getting t- tougher to guard as the season goes on. So um, nothing but really positives in terms of in terms of this team and the direction when you when you look at big picture, right? There's still going to be hiccups and, and bumps in the road, but as long as this team is you know learning from those bumps in the road um, and making sure to correct them and not make those same mistakes going forward, I think that this team's heading in a in a very very good direction at the moment. I believe it's just so tough for you know a lot of these teams in the league to match up with those two guys specifically because you have a Zion who is so powerful and gifted in that sense, and then you just have just a pure shot maker in BI who can get a shot off against pretty much anyone if he gets to his spot. So you just hope it keeps growing and gets better and better because from a night-to-night basis there's not too many guys that you're going to match up against that have those two specific types of games that they have and you just see teams where it's like oh well they don't have a matchup for bi or oh they don't have a matchup for zion and it it just becomes you know pickings at that point yeah i mean they're a tough they're a tough matchup we always kind of knew at, at their best if they could reach this point that they were going to be a tough um, a tough matchup. And I don't think there was ever a, a disagreement in terms of do their skill sets fit. I think their skill sets always were going to fit. It was just do they, do they fit individually, right? Were they able to work it out together and have the professionalism and the maturity to sit down and have a tough decision? I mean, I, th- I would imagine at some point it might not have happened in, in this manner or you know, was verbalized in this exact way, but I'm sure, you know, at some point, you know, during that team meeting, it was sought out and said, Hey, you know, you guys got to figure this out, right? More than likely, this is Zion. More than likely, Brandon is the best player you will ever play with in your career. Brandon, more than likely, Zion is the most talented guy you will ever play with in your career. And this is going to be the best team, you know, in terms of collection of talent and young players and rotational pieces, this is going to be the most talented group of guys either one of you play for in your career, right? If any team tries to trade for you, Zion, they're going to be gutting their roster, and you will not have the same level of talent. Brandon, if a team trades for you, they're going to be getting rid of assets for you to come play with, right? 
this is your best chance for both of you, right, individually and collectively as a group to reach, you know, those aspirations of contending at the highest level, not only growing each one of their own brands, right, in terms of popularity, but but ultimately trying to win and compete for a championship. I mean, I think realistically when you look at it, this probably next year to three years, so this year, next year, and the following, this is the best three-year window that this team and this organization is going to have to win a championship. Um, they've got right now the the right mixture of these two star players that are ascending at this point in their career, entering into their prime. You've got some older guys that are still able to play at a high level if you use them in the correct way in terms of CJ and JV, right? But it takes it takes a, a commitment to use them in the right way and to not just turn a blind eye. And then you've also got this infusion of young talent on cheap contracts um, with a lot of versatility when you're looking at a guy like Trey, Dyson, Herb, and Hawk, right? Those are four really, really high-level rotation players that two of them, I would imagine, have the capability to potentially ascend into all-stars um, once you kind of segue off some of those older guys like CJ and JV. But, you know, you got to be realistic at the same time. You're not going to be able to keep this group together forever. You're going to have to make some tough decisions. And, and I'm sure that's something that in one way or another was vocalized to those two and said, hey, you can't wait around for two years. Like, this is the time now. You guys have got to commit to playing with one another, making it work. Both of you are going to eat. Both of you are going to be get all the numbers and accolades that you need. But you guys need each other. And you've got to be vulnerable and allow each other to step into each one of your own spaces and, and essentially play that role. And that's something that I think when I hear this team meeting, right, I think that was probably the big messaging, whether this was, and more than likely it wasn't. It wasn't done in terms of, a big sit down with 20 guys and there I would imagine this was probably a three or four, five person conversation with maybe some, a vet, those two, the organization or Willie or JB or somebody, you know, had that talk and, and kind of laid it out to him and said, Hey, you guys got to realize what's in front of you. You know, it's never going to get better than this. You're never going to feel better than this physically. You're never going to be um, at a better state in your career with the, the group of guys you have around you. So you've really got to maximize and take advantage of this opportunity. So I think that, that we're seeing the fruits of that of that labor, right? The work that we've seen them put in after practice. It looks like there's been a um, you know, a shift there in terms of they really understand that they've got to make this work now, um, probably based on a conversation like that one. And um, you know, ultimately it, it seems like they're responding in the correct way and, and we're seeing the best version of this this group and more importantly those two. Yeah, Pat. Lot, lot of good signs here uh, from those two guys and the team as well. You know, a lot of guys looking good. Herb, Dyson, uh, you know, Hawkins off the bench. You know, with news of CJ possibly coming back this week, uh, Trey is, I'm sure, on the horizon. Uh, getting good uh, bench minutes from Najee, him bringing the energy. Cody Zeller, like we said, uh, it's it's been really good to see. And with a big week coming up, you know, four games, uh, one more against the Jazz. Got Joel Embiid coming into the house on Wednesday. I believe the Spurs on Friday. And then we're making another uh, road trip to the Chicago Bulls on Saturday. So a packed week of games. And hopefully we're, we're on top for 
you know, all those games. So it'll be really interesting to see where this team goes uh, from here. Yeah, it's a big week. It's another opportunity to continue, um, you know, laying down the the roadblocks. And essentially, this is what good teams do, right? You you kind of you got through that gauntlet that they had the last week or two with that that tough schedule. You made a lot of noise. You actually came out of it probably a little bit better than you would have expected and were really aiming for um, with that record. But now is the time where you show your maturity as a team and you have a little bit weaker um, point of the schedule in terms of like you laid out these next four games. You know, this is a slot or, you know, a a period of time where um, you'd like to really go 4-0, but I think you really have got to be aiming for 3-1 and and, and no worse than that, right? You've got to win this segment of games and and then look to the next part because I know they also have a, I would say, a pretty favorable schedule um, in the middle of December as well before the new year. So this is really a part of the schedule where if they take care of business, they can really pick up some steam and and start heading in the right direction and start kind of putting their, their chokehold there on the the top side of the West, hopefully. Yeah, I love it. But um, that's kind of all I have. Really exciting brand of basketball being played here by the Pelicans. Uh, Hopefully we get this win against the Jazz here and kind of start that momentum again, like we say, in this next stretch games. And just really, really uh, loving what I'm seeing. And hopefully this team can just keep building and building from here. Absolutely. With that, this has been the Holy Hardwood with Pat and Tony. Walk up.